If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC Hello, good morning Welcome to Joni's Desk We're coming to you live from our studios in Kukumlini Coming up this morning ACP Benjamin, a Gozos lawyer To pursue legal action to seek Entitled benefits as he accuses The Attorney General of malicious Prosecution Sue the state for compensation But this case has always been frivolous Against him from day one We look at malicious prosecution And all the other causes of action We'll bring you details as the AG fight off claims a trial was targeted. Also this morning, Electricity Company of Ghana says it is practically impossible to implement the 15% value-added tax in its current form on electricity consumption as opposition to the directive grows. Classes 24 hours to the NPP primaries and 12 women out of the 128 aspirants are contesting in the Ashanti region. How are they faring and what kind of support are they getting? We will tell you more. And so the fibrillator in the Ephraim Quanta Hospital, faulty putting health workers in that facility under a lot of stress in the attempt to save patients who are in cardiac arrest. Details on today's episode of Sick Hospitals. We have business and details of all of these coming up shortly. My name is Aisha Ibrahim to stay for details.
of acquitted police officer ACP Benjamin Agozo, who was accused of plotting a coup, Martin Pibu says they will sue the state for malicious prosecution and compensation for falsely accusing his client of being a coup plotter. They were accused of plotting to kidnap the president and overthrow the government. After three years of trial, six of the accused, including seven military officers, have been convicted and sentenced to death by hanging senior police officer ACP Agozo and two others accused were acquitted and discharged by the court on Wednesday. Martin Pibu says his client was only highlighting the economic hardships Ghanaians are going through. And you see that from day one, Agojo had always made it clear that, listen, he was just giving uh, advice about how to get citizens active, the tag group as an NGO, to get active. And there was going to be a demonstration there. He said, look, pass through the legal means. Because he said, look, conditions are ripe in Ghana for another spring. And you see, since the time he spoke, it's gotten worse. That was before COVID hit. And you are aware that when COVID hit, about 850,000 more of our fellow Ghanaians were, what, pushed down into the, uh, below the poverty line. So now more people are hungry. More people are out of jobs. You see, unemployment has gone through the roof. So these are the things he's talking about. Lack of food, unemployment, etc. The suffering of the masses. That's all that he said. So he said, look, if you are going to demonstrate on such matters, pass through the legal channels. That's all that he said. And yet the state wove a very frivolous case, frivolous to the highest degree, around his neck. And today you see the court has exonerated him. We'll sue the state for compensation. So this case has always been frivolous against him from day one. We look at malicious prosecution and all the other causes of action because this case against Dr. Agoja has always been frivolous to the highest degree from day one. And the Attorney General knows But Deputy Attorney General Alfred Chayabua fought off the claims as frivolous and urged the defense team to appeal if they disagree with the case. The proceedings as we put were quite irregular, irregular in the sense that High Court opposed of state justice considered by the High Court, and that's in accordance with the 19th Constitution. The trial that was basically conducted by the prosecution. The trial, if you remember, started actually on a Saturday. Saturday on the 24th April 2021, Saturday. Because it's was in location, it's just for the court to be able that report on that day that came to the trial. So we must commend the High Court for painstakingly um, conducting this trial. And actually, as you said, in the meticulous examination of the evidence, the judgment that lasted for three hours. And one that I think clearly finds its way into the records of the law as far as the time is concerned. And again, I would reiterate that initially people saw that the whole thing was Charles Blake, and they were actually trying to block the attempt. But you saw the evidence that was led at the trial. Obvious evidence showing systematic attempts by people to organize the overthrow of the government of Ghana. It started from not only meetings, Concerted efforts to put together arms and ammunition. They actually prepared arms and ammunition to that effect. So the trial that we put on trial about 10 persons, five of them being military officers, and now even other military officers of those ranks, as well as a police officer, as well as one civilian who is part of the Ghana Armed Forces, which the Ghana civilian employees, the Ghana Armed so really the effort was quite systematic, it was very deliberate. The prosecution was able to establish a plan 
all the certain efforts of the previous person. Six of them were convicted. And I believe, of course, the first accused was those who have been convicted of Tamar Power, because it was actually the grand architect of those But for his uh, timing device, they themselves were those who have been convicted, and therefore seven of them were But today, that six has been nine. For me, it sends a strong signal to the nation that any attempt at all to stabilize the nation, any attempt to organize the world of the position will not be countenance and will be taken quite seriously. Lawyer for some of the convicted coup plotters, Victor Kojoga Dawudu, expresses disappointment at the verdict. Listen. I've spoken to them. Um, I think about some, one of my clients has been acquitted and discharged. I believe that the evidence we have put before this court, they hadn't critically looked at some of the cross-examination and evidence, some of the loopholes. And I, I think that it's a process. We would definitely be going to the Supreme Court for it to also look at the evidence. We believe that some of the charges, you saw the soldiers, it was conspiracy, but they've been acquitted on them substantive charge. So these are things that we will test. We will go to the Supreme Court and see. But I believe that looking at what we have put before this court, we have done it. And we'll go to the Court of Appeal. Today is a really, really a sad day because yes, because it's a sad day. If you even look, they even have an inventory when they arrested the people. I've been joined by a lawyer for the acquitted police officer, ACP Benjamin Agozo, who, for more. Now, um, I'm grateful for your time, Mr. Bebu. The Deputy Attorney General has justified the keeping of ACP to insist, to assist, I beg your pardon, in investigating the matter. How then do you describe this as malicious? Uh, it's because, Aisha, from day one, it was always clear that the state didn't have any case against ACP Agoda. Yes, let's be very clear. The state never had a case against Agojo. It was just a political witch hunt. This case against Agojo was just put together to gag public officers that would speak against Ekufuado's misgovernance. Public officers who would speak against the bad governance that Ekufuado was supreme pretending over. That's all that it was. Because let's go straight into the matter. What was the evidence against Agodo? From okay, what's that platform? That the conditions in Ghana are ripe for an Arab Spring. That the conditions in Ghana are ripe for an Arab Spring. And when the tag people, tag means take action Ghana. When the tag NGO was preparing to go on a demonstration, he educated them the requirements under the Public Order Act, give five days notice, etc., to the police. That's all that he did. And then he also contributed 2000 to the activities of TAG. It's an NGO. But Godfrey Dami and Kufado latched onto it to add Agojo so that they will call public officers. This case is about an assault, a brutal assault on Article 21 of our Constitution. So I'm going to say, 
public officers should not speak about governance. That is what this case is about. But unfortunately for Ikufuado, he forgets that he and Godfrey Dami, they forget that they came on the back of an Arab Spring. That was the message they preached. What's the Arab Spring? Yes, though literally started in Tunisia, right? But the young man who emulated himself, set himself ablaze, did so because there was unemployment, okay? People didn't find jobs, and so they couldn't buy food, hunger, etc. So that's the Arab Spring. What Agojo said, that conditions in Ghana are right for another spring. It's a truism. Unemployment is beyond 15% in Ghana. High rent. People can't pay electricity bills. You see the 15%, that insensitive 15% they even want to add. So you see that people uh, like Agojo, if they hadn't spoken, our government should have been worse. So Aisha, this case, this case against Agojo, it's a seminal constitutional law case, Article 21, freedom of speech of public officers. That is what this case represents. Yeah, so Agoja is paid a dear price. He's paid very costly price because his career was what destroyed. But, well, in the democracy, that's what happens. From time to time, the tree of democracy is watered with the blood of patriots and villains alike. That's what Ekufuado and Godfrey Dami have done to Agojo and his family. Mr. Kwebu, so what next for your team? I mean, when are you looking at taking up the case on malicious prosecution and if there are other uh, cases you want to pursue? Great. So I said, what we have to do is that naturally we have to, I mean, celebrate a bit and then let the <laughs> excitement come down. Yes. No, it's sad. Yes. A very sad day, but there's also cause for celebration that the stress has come to an end. Then we'll then get into uh, working on the malicious prosecution case. That case has to go to court. It has to. Because Ekufado and Godfrey Dami have to be held accountable. And, and what will you be seeking with that? When we say malicious prosecution, malicious prosecution is a tort. When we say tort, T-O-R-T. It means a civil wrong. It's like assault. If somebody slaps you, Asha, this uh, touch wood, you can go to court for damages against the person. That's compensation. Apart from you reporting to the police. Yes, yeah, so malicious prosecution is a thought in which if somebody reports you to the police, even when he knows there's no evidence against you, and breathes down the neck of the police, becomes their instructor and forces them to take you to court and you win the criminal case. You can do malicious prosecution. In this case, it's not just the police. It's the Attorney General, Godfrey Dami, he and Ekufuado orchestrated it and made sure it went, even when they knew that there is no case against uh, ACP Dr. Agojo. So we have to do malicious prosecution to get compensation. So usually the court will give compensation for this unnecessary trial that Agoja was taking through. Because Ekufuado came to office on the back of a message of Arab Spring. Ghana is facing an Arab Spring. Ghana is facing an Arab Spring. So only Ekufuado could take us out of it. So how do you come into office and a public officer is cautioning against Arab Spring and you rather take that person to call that for him is a coup d'etat? Then it means that your mama would have been right if he had caused the arrest of Ekufuado when he was 
uh, in opposition. And you, you, you have to meet all the elements yes. of malicious prosecution. Do you have evidence that the Attorney General really was the one dictating to the prosecutors to actually prosecute this uh, ACP? Yes, Attorney General was in the case. Oh, he, he usually was there. Yes, he was there. Then sometimes they leave for the director of uh, public prosecution to continue. But Attorney General Godfrey Dami is the spearheading this case from the one. Even the Friday afternoon, they were arrested, and then we had to go to court on a Saturday morning. Attorney General Godfrey Dami was the one leading. There are a number of occasions he was leading the prosecution. So from day one, he's always known. I'm telling you, Aisha, on authority that Godfrey Dami knows that he just did this case. He just added ACP uh, Agojo for political expediency to guard public officers. They just wanted to intimidate public officers so that public officers will not speak against the bad governance. Ekufado's bad governance. That is what this case is about. I'm telling you, there is nothing else. There is nothing else. They've always known that there is no case against Agojo because, as I told you, everything he spoke about centered around the Arab Spring. And an Arab Spring is not a coup d'etat. Arab Spring is not a coup d'etat. That's how come when Ekufado said Ghana is facing an Arab Spring whilst he was in opposition, nobody arrested him. Nobody took him to court. So why does he change the standards once he came into office? So how long is your honeymoon, uh, Mr. Pebo? I'm not fixed. Let's give my... I'm sure in the course of next week we would know. And uh, we need a bit of time. It's been stressful, Aisha. It's been stressful. <laughs> I yeah, know, right? It's been a long journey. So let's take it one day at a time. Yes, but the state has to pay for this. Maybe in the interim, what Ikufuado can do is that because Agojo is retired, but the constitution also in Article 199 plus 4 makes provision for a public officer to be given more. Uh, a, a contract. Yes, a contract even after retirement. Maybe you should look at offering Agojo a two-year contract and then hopefully uh, when the new government comes, they can also look at extending it. Then you can rest your case. Five years. If that is done, you will rest your case. Hopefully, yes. Then that one we can uh, look at uh, maybe holding on with the malicious prosecution. Uh, Aisha, the highlight of this case is that all public officers must rejoice, must rejoice that at least, or finally, the High Court has vindicated the right of public officers to speak on matters of bad governance. That is the highlight of this case. Public officers, be comforted in the fact that the High Court recognizes your right to speak on matters of governance. When there is bad governance, a public officer has a right to say that this is bad governance and that will not amount to a coup d'etat. So this is a seminal constitutional law case on Article 21. I'm grateful for your time. Martin Pebu is lawyer for <coughs> ACP Agoza, one of the uh, six who were arrested but has been uh, acquitted uh, yesterday. Grateful that he joined us. Let's get on to 
other stories uh, because only 12 out of the 128 aspirants are women contesting the parliamentary primaries of the new patriotic party in the Ashanti region. This represents barely 9% of the total women participation in the political exercise. Minister of Communication S. Lowusu, along with Minister of Foreign Affairs Shelia Yokobuchi, stormed the Verikrum constituency to support Claudia Lumo in her quest to strengthen female leadership in Parliament. Here is a report by Clinton Yeboah. The Euphorikum NPP parliamentary primary is fiercely being contested by five contenders, including one female. Female participation is seemingly very low in the NPP's internal contest, with a percentage of less than 10 in the Ashanti region. The incumbent MP for Ablekuma West and Minister of Communication, Esla Owusu, is taken aback by the low involvement of women. She admonishes party heads and delegates to prioritize female aspirants in Saturday's election. It's absolutely critical that we improve the representation of women in parliament. We're nowhere near enough. And so when you identify a potential um, strong contender, you give them all the support that you can. You should do more to protect the women who have braved the odds and encountered so many, overcome so many challenges to um, vie for political office. We must do more to strengthen them, build them up and encourage them. And so I see in Claudia a potential um, strong female leader in this country. That's why I've left my contest to come and plead with the delegates in Oforikum to help us by bringing her to parliament and enabling us to also work with her. Our governance structures, even the executive, doesn't mirror the country. And it should, at least 30% of the seats in parliament should be filled by women. Esla visited the Euphorikum constituency to support Claudia Lumo, the only female in the constituency primary. Claudia is hopeful of carrying the day in Saturday's polls. I'm just praying that the people of Oribo will see my good heart and see what I want to do, the kind of service I want to provide, and they vote for me. That's all I'm asking people of Oribo. Notable NPP female party leaders were spotted on the campaign platform encouraging delegates to vote for Claudia Lumo. The list included the Foreign Affairs Minister, Shelly Ayokobuchi. Hooray! Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este... Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. On your government appointee. On only board membership in Also, on Shania, on Tumiaye, I work for you. Obi say, Mutanetia, on the Mojam board. Reporting for Joy News, Clinton, Yabwa. 529 delegates will decide the fate of the incumbent member of parliament for the Sisala East constituency. Amid Duchenia Esahako and 45-year-old political science lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Joshua.
So the duo have an uncle and nephew relationship. Join us as our West Regional Correspondent Rafiq Salam takes a look at the primaries in that region. There will be a heated contest in one of three constituencies in the Upper West region where the ruling new Petroti Party MPP has certain members of parliament. Interior Minister Ambrose Derry goes on opposed following the disqualification of Alex Mode, who could not carry through his bribery and threat of having his name on the ballot for the London MPP parliamentary primary. That if it is the will of the God I worship, that I'll be on that ballot. I've told them I'll be on that ballot. Amen. Amen. Ambrose Derry is seen by many as a minister and parliamentarian that brings more development to his constituents and the region at large in recent years. Though the people are heaping lots of commendation and encomiums on him, he rather prefers to push the credit to the people. Oh, whatever good I've done, first to God, and secondly to the good people of Papa West. You were with me when I came as regional minister. When I started the first fight of time, of Ambrose time, the people didn't fail me. You call me super because wherever I go, I relate, my people relate to me well. Any part of this region, they give me the respect. And as long as they do that, you see me as super. By the end, I think the citizens of this region are the super people. Municipal Chief Executive Fernandom Raymond Nero posited that the work of the Interior Minister Amuzeri has endeared him to the heart of many, including members of the opposition NDC. You don't need somebody to come and tell you that these are the works of Honorable Amuz. Talk about the roads. The very first day in Parliament, when he just went February 2017, we saw work began to on our roads in Nandom. We've seen the young men who have been recruited, we've seen the boroughs, we've seen the schools. Everything is working in Nandong. Amidst the challenges we face in Ghana and in, in, in the country, but things are working. It's just because of the man on our roads we have. And so, anybody who is an MPP man in Nandong believes that or agrees with every stakeholder that on our roads should represent the people of Nandong. In neighboring Lambuse constituency, Dr. Yelviano Dombaligi is also going solo. I might not be the best candidate, but I think my people that have flung me feel that I have done some good work in the three years and they think I should continue. But at a point in time, when they feel I have uh, exhausted my ideas, they may come to, to uh, contest. Deputy Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources. Amiduchina Isaku, however, is not enjoying same luck in the social East constituency as he is being challenged by a lecturer at the Political Science Department of the University of Ghana, Dr. Joshua Jebuntie Zato. Mind you, this is a constituency in the last 20 years that has the pension of changing their legislatures after every four years. Amiduchina Isaku is already aware of that and bent on breaking the four years political cycle. He believes that his record will show in the polls. He's my, he's my maternal uncle. I mean, my mother and him come from the same home. 
Uh, but you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, no, 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 no. Okay. There's difference between theory and practicals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this election is theory against practicals. I'm a practical politician who knows the theory. My coming to the constituency to interact and to be with the people has been consistent. You virtually find me in the constituency every week, every two weeks, attending social gatherings and interacting with the constituents. I have not, I mean, uh, stayed away from the people who voted for me and consistently I have been with them. Beyond that, in terms of development, I mean, under the difficult economic circumstances as a result of the global pandemic, Basisala East has gotten a good share of development in, in terms of roads. We are having a major water project that you yourself came and covered uh, the, 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 the handing over of sites. And the contractor is in advanced stage of completing uh, an over 18 million water project, which will take care of even population growth beyond 20 years. Dr. Joseph Jebuntie Zato, however, aware that he's not a political rookie as claimed by the incumbent member of parliament. He opined that the constituency is sick and needs the service of a doctor which is ready to fill in with Vice President Dr. Mahmoudou Baumia. So the whole country, the whole of the MPP rallied and said, look, we need a medical doctor, or in this case, we need a doctor to solve the problems of Ghana. They went for an astute academic, intelligent, smart man, Dr. Mahmoudou Baumia. Well, the problem of social is to now need a doctor. So this is East will choose another doctor, another astute uh, academic like me, Dr. Joshua Jabuntiza too. If the two doctors, and my position is number two, think about it, it's prophetic, the gods of Tum and the gods of our land, the Tum we had have ordained it. Number two. We have two doctors standing on the bedside of Sisala East in 2025. Sisala East will be healed. Development will come. Progress will come because the two doctors will not, cannot fail Sisala East and Madagana. 529 delegates will decide their fate on January 27. Reporting for J News, Rafik Salam. Wow. The Electoral Commission of Ghana has been admonished to set and enforce policies and directives that are during towards peaceful election 2024. General Overseer of the Calvary Charismatic Center, Reverend Vansford Obing, says the commission must undertake actions endorsed by contestant parties in the electoral process. He says fairness from the commission remains crucial in the general elections. The landscape is heating up as yet another presidential and parliamentary elections beckon. The Calvary Charismatic Center in Kumasi has joined several entities admonishing and advocating for peaceful elections. Reverend Ransford Obin is encouraging the Electoral Commission to discuss and implement measures that would ensure free, credible and transparent elections. This year is a crucial year. It's an election year. And so I am encouraging all the parties, and everybody that is a Ghanaian. We are known as peaceful people. The Electoral Commission, that any policy that will bring confusion, they should not. They should make sure that they set up policy that it will be difficult for anybody to do anything that will bring violence. Because when you are in soccer and the referee is not fair to you, it's very frustrating. So we uh, want to encourage them they should be as fair as possible. The Reverend Minister made these comments addressing the media on the church's upcoming three-day spiritual empowerment program, DAP, the Start Well Conference. 
The program is slated to host Dr. Mensa Otabel, General Overseer of International Center Gospel Church and other well-established men of God. Reverend Ransford Obin, who is hosting the conference, said, Great pleasure and honor for me uh, to invite one of Goy's choicest servants and a good communicator of the word of God, Dr. Mensa Otabel to come and start the year with us. You know, when you start anything and you start well, you you are able to finish well. And so, I want to take this opportunity to invite everybody that lives in the Kumasi Metropolis. This is a great teacher of our time. Come and listen to him and your life will never be the same. In the wake of disagreements about the government's decision to impose a new value-added tax on electricity consumers beyond the lifeline threshold, the Electricity Company of Ghana, the implementing agency, has raised concerns about the law imposing the tax, although ECG and the Northern Electricity Distribution Company had been directed to implement the tax from January 2024. ECG has said it is yet to implement it. Speaking on Journeys as PM Express, the managing director, Samuel Dubik Mahama stated the ECG cannot merely respond to the letter from the government, especially when there are bottlenecks with the provision in the law that was passed as far back as 2013. I asked for a legal opinion from the lawyers for ECG to find out if within the law, if this provision is right and if in its implementation and what it will mean. So let's not take it for granted to think that even the company ECG or government itself is not taking proactive measures to close this gap and to find a way out of it. If this law has to go back to parliament for it to be looked at and reconsidered, yes, then so be it. It should be a, a consensus. So we need to actually applaud the TUC for what they are doing and then also take and also be clear that if the thing is not being implemented and there's a paragraph, the last paragraph says, you should uh, the transfer the revenues collected from the implementation of the VAT on the subject matter as a domestic VAT collection. There are processes that need to be what, to be outlined. First of all, one of the biggest challenges that will come up is this. Are we charging the VAT on uh, residential customers? If yes, are they on prepaid meters? Yes. So are you charging on prepaid meters? Are you charging per the money? or the consumption. Because with prepaid, consumption is at the end of the day. Your consumption will be known at the end of the day because you are prepaying for something. Mm. So I, I will only know your consumption after you have consumed. Mm. So if I charge you the VAT when you're about to pay, that will not be fair if I'm charging on consumption. But at the end of the day, that means that if I'm to implement it at the end of the day, when you're about to purchase again, you actually have a debt that needs to be settled. So all I'll say is there's a lot of stakeholder engagement that has to go into something like this. So I, I see more of this letter as an, uh, a letter setting in motion an inquiry into all of this. The AC Managing Director is also questioning the framers of the law, insisting they have more to answer for the imposition of VAT on electricity. The framers of that law 
they need to be asked for clarity. Let's go back for the interpretation. Why did you pass this law? That's parliament. Yeah, why did you... Oh, you said that parliament passed it. Parliament passed it. So we need to understand, we need to get their understanding of this before, before we can go forward. Based on what you now know, because you've done some work, and I just see this conversation started last year. Yeah. You actually commissioned your lawyers to look into this. I'm curious, what did your lawyer say? If I'm charging VAT on a business, yes, you're using the power to add value. If you're doing, let's say, a business, in, you live in your home, and you're running a business in your home, you should pay VAT, because you're using it to add value. Mm. But the lawyers are also saying, if you're living home with your family and all of that, then whoever wrote that law, we need to go back to that person, find out what was the mind behind you saying, for somebody sitting in their home, enjoying electricity, they should pay value added tax. That's it. So the lawyers were saying, look, you need to go back for further interpretation on this, because to even implement this, it will be very, very difficult. Be and I know for a fact that nobody is trying to cause any hardship. So that's why I know this wasn't sent with any malice. And I don't understand why it's calling all of them. Because I cannot set this in motion without not going to my regulator, PURC. Special Prosecutor Kisejabe is currently addressing the press uh, and updating us on cases that have been pending in his office. Top on the list will be Cecilia Dapa's case. Let's go live to his office, listen to the press conference. That person may choose to do what pleases that person with that person's money. The important consideration is that the holder of large cash sums should be able to account for same as to the lawfulness of the source. Therefore, where the source of the money is cast in some considerable doubt, then legal hurdles are raised and questions are posed. On this call, the antenna of investigative authorities swing into inquiring activity where public officials are detected to be keeping or moving large sums of money. This is because in almost every jurisdiction, including Ghana, it is extremely unusual and highly suspicious for a public to have such large customs stashed in homes as it raises concerns of suspected inappropriate conduct, and such occurrences dictate pause and reflection. It is in this context that the Office of the Special Prosecutor commenced investigation in July 2023 in respect of suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses regarding large amounts of money, mainly in foreign denominations, and other valuable items involving Ms. Cecilia Abena Dapa, a former Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources, and her spouse, Mr. Daniel Osaikufu. Investigation was triggered by a complaint filed by Ms. Dapa and Mr. Osaikufu to the police against certain individuals on an allegation of the theft of large sums of money from the residents of the complainants. Ms. Dapa was the Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources at the time. The complaint precipitated criminal proceedings in the circuit court, Accra, against four persons 
on various counts of theft in court case number D4155-2023, the Republic versus Patience Butchwe and three others. The charges recounted that between July and October 2022, the accused persons allegedly stole valuable items from the residence of Ms. Tapa and Mr. Osekufo at Abelengpe, Accra, including cash amounts of 1 million United States dollars and 300,000 euros. Initial complaint to the police recounted that 800,000 United States dollars of the amount reportedly stolen from the residence belonged to Ms. Dapper's deceased brother, and 300,000 CDs was contribution towards Ms. Dapper's mother's funeral, which was contained in a box. There was no indication as to the source of the remainder of 200,000 United States dollars and 300,000 euros. On the basis of case number D4155-2023, the Republic versus Patience, Butchway and three others, and the totality of the criminal intelligence gathered by the Office of the Special Prosecutor, and that large sums of money were physically stashed at the residences of Ms. Dapa and Mr. Osekufo, the Special Prosecutor, directed full investigation into corruption and corruption-related offenses involving Ms. Dapai and her spouse, in accordance with Regulation 6 of the Office of the Special Prosecutor Operations Regulations 2018 LI-2374, as the circumstances reasonably indicated to the office that the source of the cash sum stated as belonging to Ms. Dapai, a public officer at the time, on the charge sheet in D4155-2023, the Republic versus Patients, Bochwe and others, was suspicious, and that the cash sums were suspected tainted property as being proceeds from corruption and corruption-related offenses. On 24 July 2023, the office placed Ms. Dapai under arrest on charges of corruption and corruption-related offenses. The office subsequently conducted searches in three residential properties associated with Ms. Dapa and Mr. Osekufo at cantonments, Abilengpe and Tesano in Accra. The searches, which were carried out over a period of two weeks, led to the discovery of the cash sums of $590,000 and $2,730,000 cities. Ms. Dapa and Mr. Osekufo could not readily provide a reasonable explanation as to the sources of the cash sums. Authorized officers of the office seized the discovered cash sums on reasonable grounds that they were suspected tainted property. In accordance with Section 32.1 of the Office of the Special Prosecutor Act 2017, Act 959, as it was necessary to exercise the power of seizure to prevent concealment of the cash sums. Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC Prosecutor Considering it necessary to facilitate the investigations Issued a freezing order Against the bank accounts and investments Of Ms. Dapa Domiciled at Prudential Bank Limited And Societe General Ghana Upon the refusal by the High Court to confirm the freezing and seizure orders in August 2023, the office re-seized the cash sums and refroze the bank accounts and investments and applied to the court again for confirmation 
In FT 0074-2023, the Special Prosecutor versus Cecilia Abinadapa and Daniel Osekufo. Extensive investigation was conducted in country involving 20 persons and three state institutions, and especially in the Ashanti region, to establish the financial standing of Ms. Dapa's deceased brother during his lifetime and at the time of his death, since it was alleged that a substantial portion of the customs belonged to Ms. Dapa's deceased brother. From October 2023, investigation became cross-border and transboundary upon the claim by the persons of interest that part of the seized cash sums was transported to Ghana from the United States. For that reason, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, of the United States became involved in a collaborative investigative work with the office on the matter. Investigation has been aimed at determining the sources of the large cash sums associated with Ms. Dapa and Mr. Osei the office has had the benefit of seven months of in-country and four months of collaborative transboundary investigation. Members of the press, on the totality of the gathered evidence and intelligence, it seems to us that the case is largely in the province of suspected money laundering and structuring. By operation of law, the Economic and Organized Crime Office, IOKO, has a specific and direct mandate in respect of suspected cases of money laundering and its an attendant activity of structuring. Of the special prosecutor is referring the case to Yoko for continued investigation and further action. The office will be in close collaboration with Yoko and continued collaboration with the FBI. A little over an hour ago, the office discontinued its application that was pending before the High Court for a confirmation of the seizure and freezing orders in pursuance of the referral of the case to Yoko. The court ordered that the office should return the cash sums and defreeze the accounts of uh, an investment of Ms. Dapa within 72 hours. The office also discontinued the procedural criminal charge against Ms. Dapa for failure to return forms on declaration of property and income since that was mounted on the original application for confirmation of the seizure and freezing orders, which was discontinued earlier in time. Thank you very much, members of the press, if you have any questions. If you do not, I'll be glad to depart. Yes, it's always Elton. Yes, good morning, sir. And the all the, all the investigation that you have conducted, we basically come to conclusion that the 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 Iyoko will have to do further investigation in the matter relating to money laundering. The other aspects, the the seizure, and then the confirmation that we were seeking the call to do. How do you sum it up? Does it suggest that perhaps not a thorough investigation went into it? That's how come. All of this, because from what I've, from, from, from what you've told us, the Yoko angle perhaps looks more promising in terms of going on with this case. Elton, on the contrary, it is an extensive investigation of the Office of the Special Prosecutor with the collaborative work of the FBI that has led us to this conclusion. If the Office of the Special Prosecutor had a direct mandate by law 
in respect of suspected money laundering and structuring, there will be no such referral. But we operate within the confines of the law. And since the law that created the OSP did not necessarily grant such a direct mandate in respect of uh, suspected money laundering, but the law that created the Economic and Organized Crime Office states specifically that they have a mandate in respect of uh, suspected money laundering. Now, after seven months of investigation, we have a body of uh, evidence. So if we have come to the conclusion that it suggests, it seems to us that it is more in relation to suspected money laundering, then the proper thing to do is to refer it to the uh, state institution, which by law has a direct mandate, as stated in the Act. Yes, sir. The other day, I delayed you too much. That's right. <laughs> I remember. Thank you. My name is Ibrahim Alhassan. I work for GH1 TV and Star FM. Um, SP, suspected, it seems to us, that's not conclusive as a layman. Will you be surprised if Yoko finds otherwise after he goes into this particular case against Isira Dapa? That's one. Uh, the next one will be suspected issue of corruption. That was what triggered invest investigation in the first place. Are we to say that today as we speak, the office of the special prosecutor has cleared Madame Cecilia Dapa of any corruption related to the funds you found in her home? The lawyers will tell you that we guard our language carefully. It is only conclusive if a court of law so says the person has engaged in such conduct. For us as investigative and prosecutorial authorities, we can only use such language that suspected. That is why persons who are under investigation are suspects, not convicts. It is only where a court convicts a person that you can say that this is conclusive. And so it would be very unfair for us to be tagging uh, conclusiveness to persons under investigation. Otherwise, it will suggest that we have already found them guilty. But that is not how uh, it is done. Now, our referral to Yoko, as I said, it is a body of evidence that is being uh, um, um, handed over to Yoko. So that will form uh, the bedrock, the foundation upon which they will, they will further build. Mind you, I said something in my short address that we will still be in the background doing um, uh, collaborative work uh, with Yoko and also with, with the FBI in respect of this matter. But if the law has specifically stated that this institution has a direct mandate, after seven months, what more are we doing holding on to it when we can hand over? There's even precedent. You, 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 you recall in the ABJ case when uh, Shraj uh, concluded his administrative um, inquiry, the matter was handed over to the Office of the Special Prosecutor, for, for further action. It is this collaborative work which is required and, and, and stipulated by law, which we follow. Otherwise, we will be lost uh, unto ourselves. The Office of the Special Prosecutor does not clear persons. One, we are not a court of law, so we do not clear persons that um, you, you, uh, we, we do not find uh, that the person has committed anything or otherwise, so we are, we are clearing uh, uh, the person. All the reports in respect of which you see that we are ending the investigation, it means that we have not found what the law will require of us if we were to carry it on further in respect of the standard of proof. 
So if we investigate a person and the evidence is such that it, it will seem to us that we will not be able to um, uh, um, secure a conviction, there's no point wasting the time of the court and state resources chasing after. after. It will just be persecution and not prosecution. So we never clear anyone. We only conclude on what we have found and then we, we go on with further action if need be. And we are always minded to end that if we become aware of something else, some fresh evidence or, or some fresh fact, we will always revisit a matter. So on that point, if the office becomes aware in respect of our collaborative work from now on of some other factor which requires us to come in fully, the office will do so. Yes, sir. I'm Joseph Akabla. I work with TV3. Uh, the first question has to do with um, the intervening period between now and when Yoko takes over. I know that the whole idea of the freezing and seizure order was to preserve those assets and prevent them from being dissipated. Uh, the court has given an order. Are there any plans to collaborate with Yoko for, perhaps for them to hold on to it within this period? And the second one, um, there are those who also make the point that uh, maybe at the initial levels, um, a careful analysis maybe would have led you to this conclusion even before you commenced. How do you react to those who say that from the onset they pointed you to this conclusion as one that you arrive at? And if I'm allowed to go beyond the boundaries of what you have addressed us on, is, is that allowed? Let me finish this, then we can see if we will go there. Okay. All right. See, hindsight wisdom is always awesome. Those who are saying that are only doing so with hindsight wisdom, it's because we've had seven months of such extensive investigation to come to the conclusion we've arrived at. You cannot begin a case when you, uh, you cannot begin making conclusions on a case a week or two after commencing investigation. But after piecing together all, all your evidence and all the testimony and all, everything that you have done, something should then suggest to you. If after seven months we did not have anything, we will just let it go. You get it? But after seven months, I think that we should be commended that we've been able to do such extensive work and have international collaboration as part uh, 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 of this matter. That is to say, we left no stone unturned, and that is what is uh, uh, leading us to this uh, outcome, as I just announced. So once again, I will say, it is very nice to have hindsight wisdom, but we did not have the benefit of hindsight wisdom. We have arrived at the present wisdom through hard work and sheer grit. The second aspect. Oh, yeah. The second aspect is um, um, intervening period. But it's a court order. The court said within 72 hours. Um, I just came from court. I just went to court and that's from court. So uh, uh, we'll liaise with Yoko and see how best uh, 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 this matter can be tackled. If you ask me right now for an answer, I'll not be able to tell you. Indeed, I'm not even prepared to talk about that, uh, to tell you for a fact. Whether I should go beyond the boundaries. Oh, uh, right, you, you can ask. Then yeah. we'll I mean, it has to do with. Um, we we'll all decide whether we should allow. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with the SML contract. Oh, in your recent, in your recent uh, report, you did indicate that it's a matter under investigation. I just wanted to find. Oh, I know SML, the SML. Right. Yeah, I know that um, when the office gets such complaints, you always undertake initial assessment to see whether it's something that you should go into. I just want to find out whether you've crossed that hurdle, and I'm asking because. We know that there are other uh, investigations like what KPMG is doing, for instance. I mean, is the office concerned about how that could affect the work that you are doing as well? Uh, 
Akabele, I wish I could answer your first question, but it is our policy not to disclose the investigative steps until we are ready to come out uh, uh, to, to announce to the public. And so, I, I, unfortunately, pardon me, I cannot tell you uh, which hurdle we have crossed and which line we've crossed in respect of the SML investigation. But definitely, the auditing being done by the firm KPMG would have a lot uh, uh, to bear on this matter. What they find, we will gladly receive and proceed uh, further with our investigations upon, upon their finding. Once again, collaborative work. There's no point after KPMG does all that to just uh, ignore what uh, they've done. So whatever they do will uh, largely impact on, on the nature and focus of the investigation. Yes, sir. My name is Charles Ozukumi. I work with CTFM, CTTV. Uh, my question is related to corruption and corruption-related activities in relation to elections. Um, we know that you've been doing some work specifically with vote buying. Um, the NPP's parliamentary primaries is coming off this weekend. Um, are there any measures the office has put in place to prevent this? And if it happens, um, how is the office gearing up for it? Thank you. You see, there's a whole question and debate as to whether um, uh, internal primaries are public elections. But until that matter is firmly determined by law, whether by parliament or by the courts, you would notice that the office has not sat down waiting for a determination. And so anytime uh, um, there is such incidents, depending on our strength in terms of manpower, and, uh, and, and our resources. We move in any time there, there is, there is such, occur uh, such occurrences. So we are primed for all that. We are primed for all that. Indeed, our activities and our operations has prompted caution in respect of uh, uh, vote buying uh, uh, regarding, regarding delegates. Recently, there was a, a publication by one of the um, um, uh, uh, political parties, warning its aspirants not to be engaged uh, in such conduct. From this angle, we do not believe it's, 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 it was plugged out of thin air. We believe that it was based on the operations and activities of the office that prompted uh, such caution. And so, as I said, we are primed uh, and we are ever ready if we spot any such occurrences. See, it, 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 it's not about a particular political party. To us, even if it is student-run elections, even if it is the SRC elections are legal. For us, we see them all as public. Unless it's elections in your house. But if a generality of an identified group of persons are engaged in a poll, we take interest in it. So maybe even an association or organization, we take interest. As I said, until the matter is firmly determined that this is public election. This is not public election. We won't sit and wait. We are still going to work in respect of that till so the matter is uh, finally determined. I hope that satisfies, uh, uh, addresses your concern. Any other question? Uh, no one yet before Mr. Uh, Mr. Roby, let me take him before you. Uh, my name is Joshua. Uh, I'm learning with the Business and Financial Times. Um, I'd want to understand. Uh, with regards to the 
the money involved in this investigation, to what extent is, is it um, determined in the investigation that the, the, um, the monies in there is due to money laundry or to what extent is it genuine? Can, we get, can the office identify um, or explain to us what um, is any variation in there in terms of the two sets? He indeed is with the Business and Financial Times. He's <laughs> calling for a lecture. You know I'm a criminal law lecturer. Uh, I hope you are not calling for it. See, this is how we, are, we approach it. Simply. If we find money with you, and you are unable to explain a source, then it raises suspicion. You get it? Now, if we were to carry a search on you, based on a certain suspicion that uh, you, you have some uh, substantial amount of cash on you, and we come to you and oh, I just took this from my bank account. I work here and this is how I keep my money. You are able to trace the source of, um, uh, of the money to some lawful uh, activity permitted by law. That is all. But we come to you and we see slash uh, cash sums and you are prevaricating. You are unable to disclose the source. Then immediately it becomes suspected, tainted pro property. Mind you, I didn't say we conclusively say you have engaged in, in criminality, but suspected tainted property. From there on, then we start uh, uh, investigating as to whether indeed you lawfully came by these large cash sums or you got it through some illicit activity. That's okay. okay. Hey, you are calling for a lecture. So that's the uh, Special Prosecutor Kikise Jabing uh, trying to update us on some top cases we've been following. Critical is Cecilia Dapa's uh, cash saga, and he's been addressing some of the uh, questions coming from uh, journalists. That will be it for News Desk this morning. We're going back to the Special Prosecutor's Office for more on the update. See you again at 12. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, um, I just want to, if there's an update on the payroll audit, which you announced at your last news conference with us, and whether you are getting the needed cooperation from those who are asking the question. And secondly, I'm just going through your, your half-year report. And if I the one that came up in June, the one, the one that came up in January, almost a repetition of the many cases before you. And the ones you've, you, you, you've come to a conclusion on, the Charles de Dubois-Hen, the issue about uh, the, okay, the, 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 the other matters. My question is, there's, there's been a lot of repetition in most of the reports that you've come up with. And Ghanaians have fit in this office to lead a fight against corruption, should we continue to still have faith in you that the, the mandate you've been given will inure to the benefit of the country in view of the fact that after the establishment of the office, clearly for a lot of people, we are yet to see clear-cut conviction on the many cases that are before you. Thank you. The day you lose faith in this office is the day the soul of this country dies. See, 
the repetition you see is merely as a result of the period within which the law requires the office to report. Six months. See, even when you are prosecuting a matter in court, six months, by the record, is like a day. You get it? If the law had required us to um, periodic um, uh, reports, let's say two years, three years, you won't see uh, this level of, of repetition. But what is so bad about repetition, especially when the matter is still pending and the matter is not, is not, is not yet resolved? And you would see that although much of it looks like repetition, there's always a slight update in respect of the cases. Some are moved up in respect of the level at which the office has, has, has got into and whether the office is, is going to take uh, further action. So you see that case um, um, uh, reported in June that the office is still ongoing with the investigations. Then in December, you see that the office has concluded the investigation in respect of that matter and that the special prosecutor will be giving further directions uh, 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 along, along those lines. It's just an update to tell you that between June and December of that year, there has been some uh, 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 conclusive points upon which the office can then further act. So you see that case repeated. But the notations and I slightly different from what you saw in June. Quick example is uh, this one on the, um, um, on, the, on, the, on the police recruitment uh, back, back, back then. Consistently, you see it being repeated, but in December, we reported that the investigation has concluded. So you see it running all the way from 2021, but its repetition in here doesn't mean that we are resting on our oars. And it is best if we keep reminding the public of, 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 of these occurrences. Otherwise, you might see a case in there, and then the case vanishes from the report, and you don't even know what happened to the case. Then you'll be asking us questions. We've consistently been seeing this investigation, but you've omitted it from the report, and you didn't tell us the outcome of this. So, I'll end again by... Excuse me. See, it's, it takes a while to investigate cases. And when you come to a conclusion that you have... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.